Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hello, everyone. It's Janet, and it's Wednesday, and we have a great show today. I wanted just to get you guys up a little bit. I did do the New Earth Expo on Sunday. It was great, a beautiful venue. It was at the Manhattan Beach Hyatt, I think. (laughs) I think it was the Hyatt, but it was just beautiful. It was quiet. It wasn't as busy as the Conscious Life Expo, but I got a lot out of it and really enjoyed it and met some new, great new people. So I was excited about that. And meanwhile, life goes on. The, excuse me, the number to call in here is 646-668-8565. If someone would like to call, I would really uh, be thrilled to have a call. Or, of course, my email is Janet at JanetRichmond.com, and you can email me about anything, feedback, comments, questions, healing requests, anything that you'd like. So, again, it's Janet at JanetRichmond.com, and JanetRichmond.com or HigherSelfVoice.com is my website, and you can get to it either way. And there's a lot of free stuff on there. It's very informative very helpful, I I would hope, and it might generate some questions or comments, and you can certainly email, email me those, too, for sure. Anyway, guys, we're going to have a great day today. We're going to be working on fear of commitment and whatever else might come up. <clears throat> First, I'm going to read you the email request that I got from Ernesto, and then I'm going to talk a little bit before I get into the actual healing. He said, during the meetup, Saturday meetup session, he, he was at the meetup that I had this past Saturday, we went through a scene where we reached a fork in the river that had many different paths. This really resonated with me because that's how I felt for a while now in terms of which direction I should take. You see, for the past two to three months, I've been looking for a job. I've had numerous interviews, but not a clear job offer. I find that I feel great about the job interviews when I'm there, but I start doubting as soon as I leave. It feels like I'm self-sabotaging by always thinking that there might be something better out there for me. I don't want to commit to something and find out a couple months in that this was not the best job for me. If I discovered that I wouldn't be happy doing this job in the long term, I would either be forced to quit said job or be stuck there, which I'm trying to avoid at all costs. By doing this, I might be robbing myself from great opportunities because of my hesitation. So Ernesto has a lot of issues here, and they're all common ones. They're all ones that we have looked at and seen for ourselves. I mean, the idea of feeling good about stuff and then coming out and then starting to doubt, starting to question, that's something we've all done. And then the fear of committing to something for fear that maybe we're going to make a mistake about it 
and we're going to miss out on another job that could have come along later. And so there's that hesitation there often and the self-doubt. And also worrying about if you commit to something, hey, either if I don't like the job, then I, I either have to quit and it feels terrible. It's not right for the people who have hired me. I don't feel good about it. But if I st stick with the job, then I'm hurting myself long term. So there's all of these issues um, at play here. And he is so great because he knows, he's questioning himself, and he knows that this hesitation is uh, could be keeping him from something good. And so as I'm reading the email, and he discussed it with me a little bit on Saturday after the meetup group, uh, the whole issue of fear of commitment came up for me. And I decided today, before I go into the healing, that I'm going to actually, I mean, that issue was so key for me. And I I thought I would tell you a little bit about a little bit about my history. I'm not going to spend hours doing this, trust me. <laughs> but the issue of fear of commitment came up for me way back when I was in one of Joan Culpepper's groups. Fairly early on, I would say within the first year. Now just to be clear, because I don't talk about it a lot, I met Joan Culpepper in nineteen eighty three. Okay, that was a long time ago. And I met her because I had a hairdresser who went to psychics. And every time I came to see him, he was always telling me about the latest psychic reading he had. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, <clears throat> after about a year going to him, he, I said, well, maybe I should try it. So he gave me the name of someone, and I, <clears throat> I never went to her. And then I got embarrassed to ask again. I lost the number and... Yada, yada. Then one day, <clears throat> I got up the nerve and I said, you know, I lost the number. I never did call the, that lady. And, and he said, well, here's another one. I went to someone recently. Her name is Joan Culpepper. And the minute she started talking about past lives, I completely turned out. I don't know what she said to me. But here's the cassette tape she gave me. She recorded the session. And he like handed it to me kind of like it was a hot potato, you know, and he wanted to get rid of it. And so I'm like a deer in headlights, and I go, okay, if you're sure. And he's like, of course. So I listened to it, and it blew me away. I was very much a newbie in that field back then, this whole new age, you know, metaphysical field. I was very new. I, I really had very little knowledge or experience. And <clears throat> so the tape just blew me away, and I went and had a session with Joan, uh, a psychic session. I did not lose her number. And right off the bat, she changed my life. In the very first reading, uh, I asked about <clears throat> anxiety, because I lived with anxiety all day long, every day. It was following me around like those pictures you see in the ads and TV. I, I really, I see much too much, much too much TV, but the one where there's sort of a cloud following you or something. And I didn't have panic attacks, but I was chronically anxious all the time. It just never left me. Occasionally, if I was seeing a movie or something and my mind was distracted, I, I don't even know if it was there or not, but I wasn't aware of it. But most of the time I'm awake, I'm anxious. So they just 
told me in that very first reading that anxiety was a toxin of the mind. And they said that if we have a toxin in the body, excuse my language, we have diarrhea, and we never think to hold on to it. We just let it go. It clears out the toxin, and it does the trick. He said, but the, they said, but the problem was when you have anxiety, uh, some sort of toxin of the mind, what do we do? We try to figure it out. We analyze it. We think about it. We say, what could this be caused from? We talk about it, and we're constantly reinforcing it instead of releasing it. So they gave me this little uh, fairly easy and straightforward technique to just see every time I felt the anxiety to see it coming out the top of my head. And this story I've told many times, but it's just so key. So I'm feeling the anxiety by the time I leave Jones and I'm getting in the car. So he said, they said, just see the anxiety coming out the top of your head and moving into light and watch it dissolve into the light, the dark smoke, you know, whatever you saw it as. So by the time I get to the car, I'm releasing and after a couple minutes, because I really didn't have a clue, but I thought it can't hurt to try. You know, I was pretty open to trying anything because I'd been in and out of therapy a lot and had not, had not I understood some of my patterns better, but I really hadn't gotten any relief on the anxiety. So after a couple minutes, it started to go away and I'm like, whoa. And then like 20 minutes later, an hour later, back it came and I just did the exercise again. And each time I did it, the anxiety went away. I mean, I just kept doing it until it went away. And it was, but it never took forever. It just was one, two, three, four minutes. And and then I did it the next day. And I did it maybe four, five, six times in the day. And by the third, fourth, or fifth day, it just stopped coming back. It doesn't mean that I didn't get anxious at times where there was some real cause. But that chronic daily Moment-to-moment anxiety never came back. So here I go, jumping in. I'm like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and I am going to go to Joan's classes. Now, Joan Culpepper really was a phenomenal person. And I think I've told this story about her to you, too, this particular one. But she was a metaphysical groupie, and she would go... in her day, which was the 70s, she went around to every metaphysical class that she could find, everything spiritual, and she just took whatever she could get out of each class and just and then just kept doing it. And, and she was just really intent on developing her own abilities. She had had psychic abilities from childhood, but it was poo-pooed back then. <clears throat> She'd never developed it. And so she really went on a tear, so to speak, and started with learning tarot cards. And she, whenever she went to the the groups that were teaching contact or getting messages from above somewhere, she would always, the people around her would be asking for guides or, or whatever, and I don't know exactly what they were asking her for, but she said, you know, I want God. Okay, and she went for at that time she called it the universal source. So she would go out for and ask for the energies from the universal source. And eventually it led her 
to bringing in the fifth dimensional higher self information. And the higher self told her, uh, once she became adept at this, that they had been impressing her because, again, her higher selves are part of her. They were impressing her, and she chose to follow the impress to ask from the originating source, or at that time, she called it the uh, universal source. And as a result, she was always pulling in whatever, wherever she could reach at that moment in time, she pulled in the very highest information that she could. And that's what kept leading her to go to higher and higher and higher sources of information. And <clears throat> this higher self information, which is fifth dimensional in nature, in other words, it comes from the arena where all the humanities graduate to when they're ready. Then, you know, we go mineral, which is first dimension, plant second, animal third, human fourth dimension, and fifth dimension is the next dimension above, and they called it the uh, fifth dimension or the interplanetary kingdom, I-N-N-E-R, planetary, because it's about inner, not inter. So she continued to work in that manner until the higher self came in and some incredibly powerful information that much of what I teach was she was teaching to the people in her classes. She did eventually, she was eventually able to reach into the sixth dimension. It was difficult for her still, but she was able to pull it up before she retired. And this is one of the reasons, guys, that I always amalgamate with the originating source, because I learned right off the bat from Joan how important it was to always be amalgamated and be one with and ask, open the doors for the originate. Now, she, she at some point, the higher self uh, encouraged her to use originating source instead of universal source or anything else. And But in any case, there was, that's why I do that in the in the healings. But for me, I jumped into the healings with Joan. Not the healings. She didn't do healing, actually. <laughs> but she had many different classes, and I took part in every single one. One was the Wednesday group, and that was a weekly class that went on for four straight years. And then she moved out of the state, and occasionally she would come back and visit, and she would have... Uh, the group, whether it was on Wednesday night or, or not. And in, in these groups, uh, she would bring in, she'd go into frequency and bring in the information from the higher selves. And they would teach us every week. They were teaching us. And that's where we learned about the thought forms and the habit imprints and the, the emotional blueprints and how evolution worked. I mean, we learned so much in that class. And I volunteered to transcribe the tape. She recorded everything. But this is back in the day, guys, when we didn't have MP3 players. And so it was recorded on cassette tapes. And I volunteered to transcribe them. Why? Because each class was laden full of information. And I wanted to fully absorb it. And by transcribing it, I got to not just hear it the second time, but you know... I'm sitting on a typewriter, okay? We're not talking about this nice keyboards we have these days. I'm sitting on a typewriter, re, you know, transcribing this. And I'm not, I mean, I do know how to type. I'm a pretty good typist, but I'm not, 
I didn't have a transcription machine or anything like that, and I wouldn't have known even to look for that. So I'm hearing it often. You have to pause it, then replay. So I'm not only transcribing it, but I'm often replaying it two or three times to make sure I have all the words correct. And I also would volunteer to transcribe anybody's readings, their, their readings from Joan, because jo Joan did a reading in two parts. One was a mundane reading, which would be likened to how what we associate with psychic readings, where she gives you, uh, you know, information about where you are, what, what pattern you're in, what phase you're in, what you, you know, what she sees for you in the future and that sort of thing. And the, the second part she called the soul scan. And the soul scan was your higher self coming in, and she's giving you the information what your own higher self wants you to know about you in the bigger, in the bigger picture, where you've come from, or what you're here to do, or they not they don't usually tell you what you're here to do, but they would give you certain lots of fascinating information, and and some of your soul's journey and all of that. So it was so fascinating. I wanted to learn as much as I could, so I volunteered to also transcribe individual uh, readings, and I did many of those. Now, of course, the individual would ask me, and I did it for free. I never charged just because I wanted the information. And Joan had a lot of other classes, too. She had she had contact class, taught you how to do all types of different kind of contact. She had a just a higher self class where she, because she'd gotten information from so many sources over the years, she put together a series of classes teaching about evolution and uh, the different, uh, just everything. And she also had uh, a group called, we ended up calling it the Entity Group or Jane and Company. And Jane and Company um, is going to be my next book, and that group was beyond fascinating, and I can't wait to finally finish this book so I can start in the next book. But in any case, this group was fascinating, too, because a friend of hers asked to help heal one of her family members. And it turned out the family members had an attachment from a soul that had laid aside the body 300 years before. And it... Joan had never really gotten involved in this kind of field before, and when they did the, they went in to do the healing on the family member, and so it was uh, Joan, and she was acting as, the family member was not present. He didn't know that Joan or anybody was going to be doing the healing on him. She would, she was being a surrogate for him, so she would, uh, whatever healing came to her would go directly to the surrogate. She would uh, then tell, uh, explain what the what the person was feeling and and all of that. She also would bring in the higher self information. The higher self led them through the healing. She had a healer there named Joe, who was great. And in addition to that, she also reflected the entity. When finally it was determined that this was an entity attachment, she would reflect the entity. Now. She just would move back and forth, back and forth, in and out, you know, like no, like anything. When you hear the tapes, it's astounding how she did it. And it started out small. It was just her, the healer, and the, the friend that was the family, you know, the, the related to the he Lee. 
And then eventually the higher self said, we want you to open it up to the group. And I was part of the group. And that lasted after that for two years. Went every three weeks. And it was fascinating. It was fascinating. And so when I get to that book, you're going to hear all about it. But the point is that Joan Culpepper was fantastic. Now, this was back in the day before computers, before the Internet. Before any of this stuff, I mean, not before computers, but before the, you know, common, everybody having a computer. And she operated just locally. She also had clients in New York and she had clients uh, a couple of other places. She never advertised herself. She never reached out for fame or fortune. She just literally felt whoever needed to learn about what she was teaching would come to her. And I really thank my lucky stars. And this is all leading up to this fear of commitment thing, which I want to tell you guys. One day in the Wednesday group, the higher selves are coming in and they're saying to everybody, there is a pattern that, that everybody has. There's a pattern that is very important for you all to be working on. They'd already taught us about how to neutralize. And so they they, they were saying, you need to, uh, this is a pattern that, that they encourage. They never told us what to do, but they just encourage us to work on fear of commitment. And I'm sitting there listening, you know, my big ears, you know, just listening my heart out. And I'm thinking in my mind, oh, I don't have that. No way. I can't wait to do my destiny. I can't wait. And literally, the next sentence out of her mouth was, there are those of you sitting here today that don't think they have that. <laughs> so I'm like a deer in headlights again. And I'm just like flabbergasted. And they said that everyone sitting in that room had fear of commitment up the wazoo. And of course, that was not how they said it. Their language was very almost esoteric and very intellectual, uh, you know, it just wasn't chatty like my language. But I'm thinking, okay, wow, I better pay attention to this. And I did start working on fear of commitment then. Now, because I didn't have it, it wasn't one of those things that I, I immediately really honed in on. Because you have to know, in those days, the information that came through to us in the Wednesday group from the higher self Joan was hearing for the first time herself. So we're all sitting there hearing this fascinating information, and it was unfolded very differently than i teaching you because it was like we did the Dick, Jane, and Spot reader. And just like nowadays, teaching people to read has changed considerably from what it was way back when I learned to read. The it's the same with the higher self information. There's expansion uh, and, you know, the frequency of the planet has moved up. So at the time, we're l learning it really basic step by step by step, and none of us have any experience. So we all rush home and we practice. But still, we're coming from, we're so newbie, you know, we're such newbies. So the good news is for you guys, I've been through a lot of years of this and I've learned different approaches and tried and practiced everything. And if I have an experience, trust me, I know at least, you know, others that have. And anyway, fear of commitment. So when Ernesto said to me, okay, 
he's having a hard time committing to something because he's sort of thinking the grass may be greener. There may be another job. And immediately when he was talking to me in the in the meetup at the meetup group, fear of commitment just came up for me right away. And so I, I mentioned it to him and he said, yes, that's exactly what he feels like to him. And so I'm going to leave Joan, but before I do, I want to just say to anyone and everyone out there, if any of you know of Joan or have actually did not only known of her, but did know her in some way, I would love for somebody to contact me. And it's Janet at JanetRichmond.com because I've lost touch with many people have died because Joan died in 2006, but a lot of the people in the class were older and I do know many of them died. I know just one or two or three people. Now, maybe I know four people that are that still from the class, but I know there's way more out there. So if anybody has any connection to Joan in any way and you care to share it with me, I would just really appreciate it. Again, my, my email is Janet at JanetRichmond.com. All right, so thank you. This is this higher self information is her legacy. Now, I worked really hard to get my own higher self information, and I've gone into a different direction in a way because I really have moved so much into a healing arena. But I also am giving out uh, information that built on the foundation that she gave me. So, because I am bringing my own higher self information. <clears throat> I'm sorry, I don't know why my voice is a little hoarse right at the moment. But anyway, so I'm building on what she brought in. She just brought in an incredible foundation. I had almost a thousand of her cassette tapes when her daughter gave me the the copyright to her information. She gave me all the cassettes. I had plenty of my own, and. Uh, from her, you know, duplicates and stuff. So the the foundation is huge. But the higher self used to tell us on a fairly regular basis that Joan couldn't bring all the information in, and they just encouraged everybody to get their own connection and work on connecting, which I did. <laughs> Still working on it. And she was just a giant light. She lived and breathed the information this woman never judged. She never blamed. She was all about understanding, and she had the most incredible wisdom. It just wasn't funny. And anyway, so I would just love to hear from anyone who has and had any connection to her. Okay, now, now fear of commitment. There may be those of you out there that aren't really worried about a destiny pattern. I do think probably most of you do think about what are you here to do, what what are you meant to do. And I think most of you out there, if not everyone, has this desire to help, to uh, be there and help others. So fear of commitment, yes, of course, would have a impact on that we're carrying deep fear of commitment underneath and we don't realize it in our conscious mind because it does come from other lives and I'll explain a little bit about it. The It would play out at the soul level. We would 
dig in our heels a little bit, we would resist, we would create blocks, and we'd have all the reasons at the conscious mind level why we couldn't move forward into this, that, or the other area. So yes, it can affect that very definitely. But fear of commitment, in my experience, because I've been working a lot, also affects us in many other different ways. It affects our relationships. Okay? It affects our relationships. Committing in the relationship, even though you feel like you're making a commitment, there may be uh, ways you're holding part of yourself back. You know, you're keeping a little bit of that that vulnerability in. You're protecting yourself in some way. And so as a result, there isn't a full commitment. Now, it can also affect the jobs. Now, here was interesting, and I can't wait to see what comes up for Ernesto, but here's interesting about the job thing. And I've worked on more than one person where the fear of commitment to the destiny reflected in the jobs. She, This one I worked on had a really hard time getting jobs. And she kept thinking, oh, it's the economy, it's this, it's that. And, you know, she had all the reasons why, and they all made logical sense. She wasn't just making things up. But when I went in there looking for why she wasn't getting a job, that fear of commitment hit me, you know, like between the eyes. It's because even though she's excited and wants to get a job, it's not that she's resisting it consciously. Underneath that energetics is fear of commitment. And the interviewer at the energetic level is picking it up. He's not picking it up consciously. He's not saying, oh, I'm sensing a fear of commitment here. It's not like that. But energetics play a huge part in our life, whether we are aware of it or not. And so those energetics, those big, deep fears that she had about commitment to the destiny was affecting her in the job world. And so... We worked really hard on that, and uh, I did hear uh, a few weeks later that she had gotten a job, so that was exciting. But you know, um, in any case, it can it can affect in in so many ways that you can't imagine. Now, Ernesto also had those other issues. He had the you know he was afraid that if he zigged, maybe he maybe he should zag instead, and so he's constantly confused about which direction to go and that a lot of second guessing and self-doubt and so he has he has other issues more than fear of commitment now i know that you've heard me say ad infinitum the difficult lives we've had in our past and i'm like a broken record on it because when you go to do a healing as i've said often you don't often get all the wonderful lives somebody has or the wonderful events in someone's life, what you get is the tough things because it's the tough things that have left an emotional, mental, psychological, deep imprint on us that keeps, that acts as that neon sign that draws other events, situations, conditions, people to, they're magnetically, you know, law of attraction and all of that. It's not just thinking positive, guys. All of that stuff that we carry at the soul level is drawing to it. They're very active in the background, very active, drawing things to us that mirror what we carry inside. What you carry on the outside is a perfect reflection of the energetics we carry at the inside. Our beliefs, our self-identities, our emotional issues, 
our psychological issues, all of that that we carry inside at the soul and mind level are reflected in our lives. So the um, a lot of these things we aren't conscious of, but because we've had so many difficult lives, this is where the fear of commitment comes from. We've had a life where maybe we have some psychic abilities, and so we find that we just naturally, starting as children or or whenever we begin to help others by reaching out and, and reassuring and saying things like, oh, well, I see it's going to work out for you, or, gee, better be careful of so-and-so over here. I don't get a good feeling about them, or something like that. But in some of these very lower-frequency kind of societies, the that can be threatening because they don't understand, well, how could you know that? Maybe we had lives where we were reaching out in other ways, mentoring people or trying to help the homeless or trying to help the the lower classes or whatever. And that could be threatening too because at some societal level, that just wasn't done. What do you think you're doing? Why why would you be feeding these these people, you know? And red flags would come up for those people that, that are judging you and whatever you're doing. And... The, the the fact of the matter is the maybe you're questioning some of the spiritual beliefs of the time you're in and it's hellfire and damnation and there's a lot of cruelty in the name of God or whatever and you're trying to stand up to that spiritual t- speech or talk uh, the spiritual authorities and you become a threat to them and you're exiled or imprisoned. This kind of thing went on over and over and over again. And after a while, what happens? We start to dim our light. We start to repress our expression. We start to hide to keep ourselves safe and so that we don't put ourselves or our loved ones in danger. We don't speak up. And so this comes from the actual real events and situations and conditions in our lives that hurt us, where we suffered. Real events where we suffered or our loved ones suffered or both. And this is where that fear came from. And the reason why I'm sitting there and all of us in the class are thinking, oh, we don't have that, is because... In this day and age, on this planet, at least here in this country, people aren't burned at the stake as witches. They aren't imprisoned because they disagree with the church. They aren't tortured for being a healer. And so we can't relate to it in this life. And But I'm here to tell you that fear of commitment is a generic condition. Everybody has it. Because, you know, at bottom line, humanities have a lot of goodness. And so many, if not everyone, really cares about being kind or nice or helpful or trying to pay it forward, you know, however it plays out in anybody's life. And this isn't the first life where those good intentions have come forward. There have been many good intentions in many many lives. And yet often those good intentions were hit with a hammer. And we were hurt and many people were hurt. And so it was 
it's understandable why we have it. Okay, now I'm going to do the healing on Ernesto, and I really want to encourage everyone to work on themselves simultaneously. Whatever I call up for Ernesto, please release your own into your light. Release the same patterns into the light. Now, if some other stuff comes up for you and I don't say it, get get those gone too. Because this is there's one short healing on the radio. There's a lot of stuff in here. We carry eons of lifetimes of issues, of imprints, of emotional blueprints, of thoughts, of beliefs, of hurts and wounds and fears and doubts. We carry so much of it. So I can't say it all. I can't say it all in 20-minute, half-hour healing. So be your own directing identity. And if this really speaks to you, even if it doesn't, I encourage you to listen to it again. You can skip over all the talk part. That's what's so great about these MP3 things, <laughs> players. We can we can speed forward and just do the healing. And then pause it. Pause it when things start coming up for you. And just begin to release. And you don't even have to release the same topic. Maybe I say something about having children and you have children issues that are coming up for you. Pause it and begin to work on those children issues. You don't have to follow every word I say. You can be part and parcel of this healing, each and every one of you. Okay. So, I think everybody knows the drill. Most people, although hopefully there's new listeners every week. So I want to encourage everyone to take a deep breath, quiet your mind, maybe take a couple deep breaths. And I want you to simply make sure you feel comfortable. I always encourage the eyes closed, simply because what we do in this healing is that we use the focus of attention. We all carry some very powerful energy within, of which I will be explaining shortly, But the turn-on switch for that powerful energy is simply our focus of attention. And everybody has it. Everybody has the powerful energies within, and everyone has the ability to focus their attention. So you don't have to be anyone special. You don't have to have studied for ages in order to understand to do what I'm teaching you. This can be the very first part of your sojourn into the seeking and searching pattern, the exploration of what else is out there beyond what we see from and experience from the five senses realm. So all of you have not the privilege, but the right to do this work. And the very basic steps everybody can do. I mean, maybe if you're, you know, very, very disabled and some reason you can't hear or you can't, you know, your mind is not, doesn't operate rationally, yes, maybe those people would be unable to do it, but people can do it for them, can lead them through. So, and I have worked on people like that, and you can be very effective, even if their rational mind is not really working properly. So, in any case, let's get started. Okay. I want everybody to just listen to the sound of my voice simply as a technique to focus the mind, to bring the mind's eye in, keep it from wandering. If it does wander, just bring it in whenever you notice that you're thinking about this, that, or the other. Bring the mind back in and just refocus. Now, the first thing we're going to focus on 
is this now moment that's already being set up. There's enough people here in the group that are aware of where we go first. And so <clears throat> the focus of attention has already brought us within, all of us now are within this energetic field that is the now moment. And it is an energetic field. And because it's energy, we can manipulate it with our focus of attention. And so we're going to expand it now, expand it 360 degrees around us. We're going to expand and expand and expand and expand so that this now moment becomes the forever now moment. What it does is it's moving out all through and around its huge, huge energetic field now, encompassing the totality of all the past, present, and future nows that we, this group, and it's the past, present, and future listeners, all of them are being encompassed in what I call the forever now moment. It encompasses the totality of our experiences at the soul-mind level. And as a result, it is a very huge energetic field, and it is also what I call a time-space continuum. It's as if it arcs over the universe, known and unknown, because we've all been in existence on many different planets, many different galaxies, many different parts of the universe. And so the space part of the continuum is this just enormous space. The time part is the eons of time. We've been in existence as souls, eons of time. So the that's the time continuum. So the time-space continuum is equivalent to the forever now moment. And the next thing that we're going to do is we're going to use that focus of attention to activate the pure soul essence that we carry. This pure soul essence, as I say every week, is our purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power. It is what every soul carries. It is from the originating source. It is Everything the originating source was, is, and is, become, is becoming. It is the beautiful light within, the God within, the divine within, whatever you might know. Uh, this light has been called many different things over in many different modalities and many different arenas. And that light is so powerful. It is divine in nature, and we need to focus on it in order to give it permission to move into our free will arena. The divine energy cannot trespass. We have to invite it in. It can't just willy-nilly say, oh, you know, so-and-so needs this. I'm going to come in and do that. We have to ask it in, and it's the focus of attention that does just that. Now, as we focus on this pure soul essence, this divine light, I'm seeing it fill the forever now moment, the time-space continuum with light, as if the light is the sun coming up, coming, you know, in, in, at dawn, moving up, starting to peak over the horizon. And as the sun moves up, and as we focus on this pure soul essence, the sun light radiates 360 degrees around, and the pure soul essence light fills 
the time-space continuum fills the forever now moment. And we are becoming one with this beautiful, beautiful, powerful, perfect energy. I don't know if you can feel it or sense it, but it is intense and it's there. And as always, I see millions, I think millions, I'm not absolutely positive, but I think millions of souls are partaking of the light. And remember that this is moving through a huge part of the universe, known and unknown. And so there are souls, both in and out of body, that are partaking of this light. It's beautiful. And just by being a part of and doing this show every week, we are helping. We are helping these souls. They come in and take the light, the part of the divine light that they wish for or they're ready for. So it is a help for each and every soul to move forward in their evolutionary process. Okay. Now I want everyone also to focus on their totality of the conglomerate higher selves, knowing that the conglomerate contains your own higher selves and everybody else's higher selves that are present in this healing today. And the higher selves have been with you for a long time. This is parts of each individual who are listening to the show, parts of all of you, and that as a result, there, sh- there hopefully would be a sense of comfort, a sense of connection to these higher selves. They have their anchor or their seat within, just as the pure soul essence is within, and they connect you from that seat into that fifth dimensional realm because it's aspects of yourself that have evolved into that higher frequency realm, that fifth dimensional realm, which, as I said earlier, is also part of divine will. And therefore, the focus of attention on the amalgamation is important because we have to invite that energy in as well. That, Even though it's our own soul, we still have to invite it in to help us. So we are now amalgamated with the totality of the higher selves, and now we're going to call in the last step, the amalgamation, with the originating source of all there is. And the originating source, that field of that womb energy, the there's just this incredible pool of divine energy that in, is engulfing, almost like an amoeba might engulf some whatever it eats, it would engulf it, or I don't even know if amoebas do that, but I think they do. But in any case, it's it's just this engulfing process, and we are now just bathing, swimming, existing, have our beingness within this incredibly powerful divine energy that will be working for us during this healing. The The image of the wheel is coming to fruition. Usually it comes early on, but this time it did not for whatever reason. Uh, Maybe I just didn't notice, but now I'm seeing the symbol of that wagon wheel. It's got on the rim all of the listeners, past, present, and future. I also see Ernesto there. He has been present. I checked it out. I didn't say anything, but I did check it out, and he is definitely here. Um, he's unable to listen live, but at the soul level, he is taking part and he will listen to it after work or after whatever he's doing this morning because he's doing something. But in any case, he's, um, he's definitely here. All right. So now 
I'm seeing all of us standing on the rim of the wheel, and I'm going to invite Ernest. Well, let's um, uh, let's activate the Rainbow Bridge energy so that we activate all of our chakras, and we're going to create the Rainbow Bridge. And each of us has a our own little spoke that moves to the center of the wheel, and the hub of the wheel is a platform of this very powerful, beautiful perfectly balanced divine energy. And already I'm seeing Ernesto moving out onto the hub. And he's really excited. This is a young guy who, and we don't see a lot of young, I mean, whenever there's somebody young, I'm always excited because just to start with this kind of work at a young age is fantastic. Instead of waiting until we're older, which you know, many people do, but the timing is really important for each individual, and it really has no makes no difference. But I do appreciate when uh, I get younger people involved in the work, either in my meetup or on the radio or having sessions or whatever. So, because I just feel like it's going to help them get a leg up in their in their lives uh, at an earlier stage. But in any case, he's on on the hub, and he's. He's actually very excited. He's a little bit nervous, um, which is understandable. He's kind of looking around, and I don't think he had any idea there was going to be so many people here. He's just looking around the rim, and he's astounded by the numbers. Uh, at least that's the sense, the very strong sense that I get, that he's he didn't realize that he would be kind of the... Uh, I don't know, the term is kind of escaping me at the moment, the guinea pig. He feels a little bit like a guinea pig, that's what it is. He feels a little bit like a guinea pig, but he is willing and and ready. And so I'm just going to begin by seeing what is starting to come up for him. And, of course, whatever I'm saying for him, again, please, everybody release into the light. The light is absolutely brilliant, ready to do its job. You can let things go into the light or you, and you can take the light in. The interchange is always present. Uh, if you remember, I use the, the analogy of the submarine quite a bit, where the submarine has been under the water for weeks or months. And when it comes to the top of the water, it undoes the hatch and the dark, stale air, the, the old air is moved out of the hatch simultaneously with the light and the fresh air moving into the submarine. So there's this exchange going on. Uh, it's it's ongoing exchange. And that's what we're doing in this release is we're letting stuff go and we're taking stuff in. And so we are working very um efficiently with this rainbow bridge energy it's really helping with that so okay now what's coming up for him is is uh, I'm, I'm he's saying okay and he's voluntarily it's so interesting because he's like saying okay i'm going to let you see my fear that's what he said to me i'm going to let you see my fear and there's now he may not feel it so much consciously again this is him at the soul level so what I'm feeling, all of that anxiety and fear starting to come up. And he just said, 
it really, he's saying he's leading him around by the nose and he is just sick of it. He doesn't want it anymore. And so I'm just encouraging him and he is letting it go. I'm saying, okay, this is a toxin of the mind. This is something that you've carried from before. You actually experienced it. There were very real events that created that fear. But those events are not relevant today. When we can let that fear go, we can let it go. We can release it. We can have it neutralized. Now, it doesn't mean we can never feel fear again. Of course we can. We're not neutralizing, in fact, we're not neutralizing the fear itself. We're neutralizing the energy that holds on to the fear. That's what we're neutralizing. And by agreeing and releasing that blueprint, the energetic field that is holding the fear stuck uh, that we're carrying, that baggage, is letting go of this bag of fear. So that's what he's doing. And the we can't get rid of our emotions. That's We have emotions in the human kingdom, but we can get rid of the attachment of the emotions to the events. So that's what we're doing. And those are old attachments, very old events, very old attachments. And he's now starting to cry. And he's, he said he's just been feeling so crippled by the fear. He's been feeling so crippled. And he's constantly holding back. He's constantly resisting moving forward. And he just feels like he knows he's creating his own prison. He knows, but he's just been unable to take those steps forward. He just feels fettered, fettered by the fear, by the anxiety. And he's um, he knows he's sabotaging himself. So he's beginning to release the self-sabotage. And the thing is, he may not he may know it at the soul level, but he's not that and he certainly in his email to me he has some sense of it. But at the conscious level, we don't have near the concept of how this is working. At the soul level we would. So we we want to let go of all those self sabotage patterns because they are really rampant in here. Oh my god, he I see that he even believes that he's a coward. I see him and I'm seeing little vignettes in various lives where he's avoided things by hiding, literally hiding. Um, he's avoided uh, being picked for, I see him, you know, like there's a group of people and maybe it's an army kind of thing and, and either they ask for volunteers or people are picked from the, from the group. And he hide, I see him hiding to avoid being sent out to whatever it was. And it's a number of things. I'm seeing different types of buildings, different scenarios. It's not important, but he actually has now decided at the soul level that he is a coward. Whoa. Okay. Now, I really, really, really am, a, I, I really need to just speak to him for a minute. Now, we probably all have beliefs that we're cowards. I'm sure we've all avoided things in our lifetimes, and then we we look back in shame at at our actions or guilt, and we think, how could we do that? Why would we let somebody else step forward for me? And this is exactly what's happening for him. He is actually feeling like because he didn't step forward, he's responsible for what happened to the people who did step forward. He At least one of them, he would have been able to in some way and so it's not only that he's a coward but that he has hurt 
people. So there's a tremendous amount of shame and guilt here. Whoa. So let's just let go of those puppies. We need to get those gone. The idea, the self-identity that you actually hurt people, that you actually, all that shame, all the the belief that your cowardice and your fear led you to this kind of action. There are also incidences I'm seeing very clearly where he didn't come to some people's defense. It wasn't just a matter of being chosen or volunteering for something, but there were times where loved ones were in trouble in some way and he didn't come to their defense. Okay, so this was another part of this cowardice thing and another part of the shame and another part of him thinking he's responsible for someone else's loss of life or loss of home or whatever the consequence was when he didn't come to somebody's defense. Okay, there's just a lot of that. It's streaming out. You're doing a really good job, Ernesto, and this has to be incredibly incredibly painful. Uh, I do want you to know that this, everybody carries this some way and everybody here in this circle now is releasing and I'm seeing this huge dark energy moving into the light. Um, it's being, it's being um, neutralized very, very quickly, but the higher selves do give me that, they give me that image so that I can see the huge amount of releases that are going on around the, the, rim of the wheel, uh, the people are really releasing it. So I really want that to be let go of. Oh, my gosh, Ernesto, my heart is really going out for you because here's what I'm seeing now. Okay. You actually carry tremendous amount of wisdom, a tremendous amount of knowledge, and you did help a lot and tremendous amount of light, and you helped a lot of people. So... Your actions in your mind, you didn't realize all the good that you did for people. You were the kind of guy that was, and I don't know that it was always, you were always a guy. I I don't know if you were male in all of these lives or female sometimes. But in any case, you were one of those behind-the-scenes kind of people. And behind the scenes, you were tremendously supportive, tremendously caring, have a great deal of wisdom, and you would uh, many, many people would benefit from that part of who you were, and that part of who you were was so highly valued and respected in the society, many of these different societies. And the the thing is, okay, you couldn't see the the those that part of yourself. It was as if that part got lost within you because the parts where you didn't jump out in the forefront in some way and do, you know, volunteer or be part of the chosen and be sent out and lose your life, you were ashamed of that and you blamed yourself and it became so overpowering, so much a part of your self-identity at the soul level that the other part of all the good, the power that you, the, the powerful good that you did, got kind of lost in the shuffle. And so, what's happening right now is that the very powerful divine lights are moving in through and around, and they're empowering the you that that you already carry, that is so self-connected, self-confident, self-assured, uh, and also very. Um, very much accomplishing a lot. Now, 
what you don't understand too is that everybody has different strengths, okay? Different abilities. Your behind the scenes supportive ability, the 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 person who was part and parcel of uh, helping those in the community in very many different ways. That's where your strengths were. You just didn't happen to be in many of those lifetimes. You weren't. You didn't come in to be a soldier, for example, or to be somebody on the front lines, or to be someone to, you know, scout or whatever. I mean, that's just the sense of a lot of this. But even though you, the people who did volunteer were those kind of people, the people that were picked were those. Um, those who were strong in that in that arena, and as a matter of fact, what I'm getting from the higher self that even if you hadn't hid, you wouldn't have been chosen. You were afraid you were going to be chosen, but you would not have been because those who were doing the cho- choosing knew who the ones were that were strong in that arena. So it's just interesting because you hid because you were afraid of being chosen, but you wouldn't have been chosen in any case, at least in most of the situations that I'm picking up. So the this some of the reason you didn't know is that, that some of these societies were fairly simple. If you were a man, this was your jo- kind of job, okay? A lot of what you carry might be interpreted as being more part of the feminine nature, not to say at all that you're feminine, or were in those lives, but you had the ability to listen. You had the ability to advise. You had the ability to be supportive and respectful. There was nothing about you that didn't work so well in this kind of arena. You were the diplomat in some cases. And so as a result, you didn't fit in in some of these societies in the traditional male role of those societies. and But you thought you should. Well, you're a man. I should be going out in the front lines and this, that, and the other because that's, you know, from the time you're born, you're born into a society and you see it all around you and you didn't fit. You were out of the box, out of the pocket. You were unable to follow all of the, I mean, you didn't, want to follow, but it was hard to be out of the box in those kind of societies. So that's another thing I really want to work on. I want you to be releasing the discomfort you have with being yourself because you had a hard time in these kind of societies being who you were and feeling good about it because you were one of the very few, maybe the only one in some of these societies that you ever knew of that was out of the box, and there was a discomfort there. There were people who didn't understand it maybe or who couldn't, uh, you know, who judged you. And so there is this discomfort about being who you are, and that is really important for all of us to let go of. Any kind of discomfort we have that we hold that is, is from not being able to feel really good about who we are because it's out of the box, because it's different than the norm. So I want everyone to release that. And, and I do see um, I do see Ernesto letting go of this. And I have to say, there's tears of relief here. 
because he's been out of the box and out of the norm, out of the pocket in so many lives that he really had built up this schism, this complete discourse, discord with himself. He just wasn't comfortable with himself. And I'm seeing that there's this tremendous need for for Ernesto to to let go of this this discord. He doesn't want it. And he's just I feel these tears of relief coming from him because he's been holding on to it way too long. And the divine energy is just moving. It's massive and it's filling the, you know, his soul process. It's working at many different levels for him to begin to uh, not only neutralize, but to also rebuild the connections between him, him, the connections at the soul level with all those parts of himself that he'd kind of rejected or pushed aside or didn't feel good about. And so a lot of those are coming being reconnected and I really feel it important to call in divine forgiveness because there was um, there's a lot of self-judgment here a lot of self-blame you know this comes up in just virtually every healing and so I really want you Ernesto to to feel and take on and immerse yourself in this divine forgiveness which includes self-love and self-forgiveness. It also includes love for others and forgiveness of others. And we're also putting in the self-acceptance. And we're letting go of those old judgments, those old self-attacks, the self-frustrating, being frustrated with the self and feeling like you fall short and that you, um, you just aren't, you're not enough. You don't fit in, and what's the matter with you? All the despair around that, a lot of despair around it. Part of the the issue of being afraid of picking the wrong thing, zigging instead of zagging, or zagging instead of zigging, or and all of that self doubt comes from a lot from these lives where you question your actions all the time because once you're out of the box, which you were, you, you're you always were looking at yourself and wondering and thinking there could be something wrong with you or maybe if you just did this over there, you'd be more normal or whatever. But if you did that over there and you tried to fit in at different times, it, you felt like you were in prison because it wasn't you. And so now that whole thing of trying different types, trying different jobs and feeling like they're, they're going to put you in prison were based on your attempts to be normal, based on your attempts to uh, find a way to fit in, not to be so different. And so I want you to release all the... I want to say false attempts to fit in. They were true attempts. So using the word false is kind of a the wrong word. You you were truly trying to fit in, but it came from a place of 
feeling like an outcast, feeling something was wrong with you, feeling afraid, feeling all of these things, wanting maybe to be more accepted, uh, all these sort of schisms going on so that the choice of moving to do something to fit in, the choice often led you to a place that was very uncomfortable. And this is where all that worry that you leave the interviews and you're you're thinking, oh, gee, maybe if I choose that, I'm going to be stuck somewhere I can't stand. And that's where that comes from. The times where you tried to fit in, the times where you tried to do something that was out of your out of your box, but in somebody else's box. And so it was very, very many, many attempts, a lot of discomfort. And I want you to release all the discomfort, all the unhappiness, all the suffering that you experienced trying to fit into the box, everybody else's box. I want you to release that because it's clouding, it's bringing confusion to you, and it's operating behind the scenes. And you're playing it out and you're wondering about the various jobs. And so I want you to release all of that discomfort, all of the pain, all of the suffering, because in those instances, you truly did sacrifice yourself. You sacrificed who you were and were comfortable with, the you that you had your gifts and talents and your strengths and your joys. You sacrificed that to try to fit in the the box that the society or the culture said you needed to fit into. So I really want you to let go of those that discomfort, that that all that experience of trying to force yourself, you know, a round uh, ball into a square hole doesn't work. And you squeezed and you pushed and you suffered and the pain, I want you to release all of that experience, all of that. And the fear that goes along with it that you're going to try to do something that will, won't work for you. This is old pattern and you don't need it anymore, Ernesto. And what I want to call in now is I want to call in, it's already there, but I really want to activate and just surround you, Ernesto, with divine opportunity, and divine possibilities. You are one that carries the totality aspect, which means you can not only do many things, you can do anything your heart desires. It may be one thing that you you have a focus that's very clear and you do basically one thing most of your life, but I see you as someone who will be doing many things. You are going to be developing many Different arenas where it, where the career is um, where the career is concerned, and you're going to develop many gifts and talents uh, in those various arenas. And there isn't one right way to do it. You might get a job next week that you're in for six months or a year, and then it's no longer working for you. But this isn't a reason to be. Um, if it's no longer working, then you're ready to get, get on to another path. But whatever you've taken on, whatever you've experienced and learned and uh, become more aware of in that job, even if it's a short one, is going to uh, be added to your conscious awareness and your, your conscious knowledge and will be playing into other arenas that you will move in through and around. 
So there is a concern that if it's not long-term, that there's something wrong with you. And there isn't, this concern is, um, is, is, comes from that fear from all those other lifetimes. And I want you to release the concern about which job you pick. I want to call in divine self-connection and divine knowingness. Okay, I want you to release all the doubt, all the self-doubt. I think we touched on this earlier, but I want you again to actively release the self-doubt. When people go to Rome, there are many roads to Rome. Somebody, some people will get on one road and go do the straight shot to Rome. Others will be on one road, then scoop around and, and do another road for a while, then come back to the first road, then go to three roads down zigging and zagging and moving all the way, but everybody is going to get to Rome. And there is no stopwatch. There is no one standing in the center of Rome saying, "What? why are you so late? You know, why aren't you here sooner? You're, you're, you goofed up. No. Everybody, every soul has their own path, and there is no stopwatch. There is no time element. You at the soul level will choose your path, in your own way, and what's right for others isn't necessarily going to be right for you, but it doesn't make it wrong. So I want you to release that what you choose to do is wrong in some way, that there's something wrong about you, that there's something, your decisions are, you don't make good decisions, all those kind of belief systems. I want you to let go of all of that. And all the fears underneath, all the fears, you know, the what ifs or if only is rampant for all of us. These are generic things. When something happens to us or to a loved one or doesn't happen to us, how often do we say, oh, if only I did this, if only I said that, what if I had done this instead of that? We all have it, and I want you to release all of those what-ifs and the if-onlys. And I'm seeing an absolute gush of stuff coming out of you. And I'm encouraging everybody on the rim to please do that as well. The what-ifs and the if-onlys. Or the shoulda, woulda, coulda. The should-haves and the should-have-nots. This is no fun because it's just reasons why we berate ourselves, we criticize ourselves, we find ourselves at fault. And I want all of that fault finding and all the fodder and all the foundation of that fault finding to please let go of it, let go of it. And all the misunderstandings and misconceptions that go along with it. Now I'm seeing you um, really transforming on the hub. You are moving into and feeling much more comfortable with your own light, your own knowledge, your own uh, sense of self and sense of self-acceptance. And the all of those energies are also permeating the totality of your soul process in this forever now moment. And 
it's feeling very, very good, Ernesto. Okay, now I'm just going to focus on the rim. I want to take a look at the listeners and see. Meanwhile, you just keep processing, Ernesto. In the meanwhile, I'm going to go around the rim and see what I can pick up from the rim. Well, first of all, there are so many people here. It's just like the biggest crowd. I'm loving it. The rim is very large. I'm not getting any sort of one or the other. I'm just going to check again. Let me see. Go around the rim. There is some very powerful light here, very uh, intent focus, intentions, big intentions to heal. A lot of people are really doing a good job. I see just a lot of releases happening. Um, I feel like Joan is here, (laughs) which is sort of, um, she is here. I shouldn't say I feel like it. She's definitely here, and it makes me tear up a little bit. She was uh, changed my life. It's so massive, 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 massive change in my life from this woman. And she continues to help on the other side. And when I, I didn't specifically call her in, but I do from time to time. And she, she always, she always seems to arrive. <laughs> and she's here standing next to me. I also see um, Joe here. He was the healer. Uh, he also has laid aside the body, so he's here. There's a lot of people here who have come in to support me and to help with the healing, too. So I'm very, very pleased to uh, have them here. Joan and I have been together in many, 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 many lifetimes, and we've often done this sort of tag team effect where um, the what what needs to be taught or brought out or... Uh, developed or whatever it is takes more than one lifetime and so there's this tag team effect where I don't know that it was always her going first I know of a couple three lives where she did go first but I don't know if it was all that way Um, but she she would go first she would give the sort of the foundation and then I'd come in and then bring it out she tends to be uh, the one more in the background, less well not known, because, for example, in this time, there was no Internet, there was no social media, so there was no chance. And for her in that way, um, unless maybe she really marketed herself and she sought it, which she did not. And then I would come in and I would take the foundation and then expand it and move it outward. And so that, we we often have this tag team effect or type of paradigm when we would work together in other lives. And so it was, um, it's just great. Of course, I had no, you know, had no knowledge of that. That has come in, I'd say, in the last year that I fully understood the dynamic that she and I have had over lifetimes. Anyway, um, let me go back to the session. The, the healing has for Ernesto uh, is kind of uh, in stasis right now. He's still processing. I see him in the cocoon. He's already got the cocoon around. But I just want to see if the higher self want to indicate to me anything else that needs to be brought out from those who are around the... 
Okay. Um, what I'm getting from the people around, uh, and probably Ernesto has this too, um, is a lot of confusion. They, there is so much confusion because so many of us aren't sure what we are supposed to be doing. We want to help. We want to uh, move out into some pattern where we're paying it forward. And rather than it being random here or there, maybe on the holidays we go serve in a soup kitchen, which is very important and very helpful. But we, but it's sort of random in the sense that be, that we're not doing it regularly, perhaps, or maybe we. Um, you know, it can happen in so many places. Maybe we are teachers and, or, you know, we work in a school and we take a, uh, we mentor a student or something. But, but there's often this desire to, to move out and to be and to help in so many, uh, so many ways and something consistent and something joyful that brings joy to us, brings something meaningful. And so what I want everyone to release first is to release all the confusion about it. And also along with that confusion, the feeling that you're not doing enough, that you're not, um, somehow there's a self-beration here about, well, I'm just not doing enough. I'm not taking enough steps forward. I'm not moving fast enough. I'm not all of those things that when we want something and it's sort of the underlying intention, we, we we come up with ways to say, well, you know, I want to do it, but why am I not doing it? And then we find reasons why we don't do it. And that tends to be that self-blame, that self-attack, that self-fault-finding. So let's release all the confusion and all of the fault-finding. Because here's the deal. Number one, because... All of you present are now aware of the pure soul essence light. You are, that light is, no matter where you go, that light is, is active and being given out. Okay? That divine light that you carry is active and being given out. We all carry that pure soul essence. So that light is there. Also, the fifth dimensional true um, the fifth dimensional essence that you carry at the soul that light is being given out 24/7 so you don't do anything each and every one of you are helping it may seem subtle and it's frustrating because it's not enough and sure enough it probably isn't enough because people want to be more actively involved but i want you to understand that everybody is helping in these ways now, okay, let me look and see what else is here about the, okay. The higher selves are indicating that we are in a, we're all in a kind of a phase where we're, we're doing that cleansing that uh, they call it a soul-mind detox. I don't know if I've ever used that word here. I have it in my book. But but we're all going through this period of a soul-mind detox because, in fact, it's very difficult to truly be actively helping people when we are have yet to detox. Now, we can still help people. I'm not saying we can't. It's, it's not that. But we have a, we're in a phase of time 
where part of our attention, uh, part of our focus is to help ourselves. In other words, we want to help ourselves. And this is a phase where helping ourselves is is uh, important and it is significant. And it is part of the process that the, getting that a lot of our toxins of the mind and all of the issues that we carry, our patterns, um, released uh, is a very and, and neutralized and moving into more self-connection and bringing forth uh, our gifts and talents, our abilities is very important. Uh, what the higher selves are reminding me of is if you have a lack in your life, for example, let's say you're struggling just to pay the rent or maybe you're um, you're struggling because you're raising a child or two on your own and there's you know, you're trying to find a mate or maybe you're um, trying to figure out how, the, how to balance your whole life and all of that. If there's some kind of lack of support or lack of anything, if you have lack in your life, that's where your focus of attention is going. That's where you're putting your energies. It's really hard to be actively out there helping others when we can't get our own lives together. Now, there's nothing wrong with being in that struggle place. There's nothing wrong at all. We've all been there. We've all done that. This is part of the human condition. But this phase that we're in is is the phase to where we are helping ourselves move out of those places of lack. Those are the, to release and neutralize the toxins of the mind, the old blueprints, the emotional blueprints, the old the thought forms, the habits, the misunderstandings, the self-identities, the fears, the emotional issues, the uh, the lack of self-worth, the feeling like we're a victim, and all of these things that, that all of us carry to some level. This is the time where we're working to release it, and we're working on a conscious level. This is great, guys, because there's been a lot of activation of many, millions, at the unconscious level, but now it's moved into this conscious level where we can become active participants in this release, in this phase. And the more we clear, we don't have to clear everything in order to move out and become more active and move into the destiny pattern, whatever it is. We don't have to become more clear, I mean, completely clear. As we clear these toxins, that destiny, that unfoldment, those steps will begin to present themselves and will begin to take the steps. Now, a destiny, of course, does not mean you have to become a spiritual teacher or a life coach or something like that. It can simply mean that you move in and one of your gifts and talents, which would might be, say, writing or singing or uh, acting or uh, anything, cooking, um, when you're working the talent, that gift, that love, that joy, you will be touching the lives of others in many ways. If you're a writer, you might be bringing in the message in your writing that speaks to people. And it could be allegorically or it could be straight out. You know, moral of the story is, whatever. So this is really important that Doing what you love is part of the unfoldment to the destiny. And 
clearing the soul mind of these toxins, the false beliefs, the misunderstandings, the misconceptions. Oh, so, so, so important. And we're all in that phase right now. And what I'm seeing is a lot of releasing. I'm just blabbering on, but I'm seeing and watching all this releasing. People are releasing a lot of their misunderstandings, their misconceptions, their misinterpretations of events, of situations, of people, and of themselves. And I'm feeling a tremendous amount of lightness come in. It's as if a lot of energetic baggage has literally been dropped away, neutralized, dissolved, and the light is so brilliant here. And the divine energies are moving in through and around everybody who's standing on the rim. Everybody. And I'm seeing just... A lot of the darkness lift off people. It's just, it's just a beautiful, a beautiful, um, it's a beautiful picture I'm being get, given, and everyone is being encompassed in the cocoon of light, and the higher self are bringing the forever now moment in. We're all standing in the now moment. I want to thank everybody for an absolutely beautiful, beautiful session. Please, please, thank you. And I encourage you all to do the healing again. Do the healing on every show. It's powerful stuff, and you are going to be clearing the the toxins of the mind more and more and more. And it's going to help each and every one of you unfold your destiny pattern, step by step. Doors will open. Opportunities will come in. Walk through. It may not be the door. It may be the first of two or three doors, or it may be the first of 10 or 20 doors. So it may not look like the door. But I encourage you to continue to release the fears. There is some fear still coming up, and so I'm just going to keep encouraging you all to release the fears. And a lot of it is fear of pain. It's just scary to step forward because it hurt before. It hurt in some way. So I want you to release, all of you to release, the fear of pain, the fear of pain and suffering. And I want to call in the clarity of vision and expanded perception and divine understanding because it's just a misunderstanding. This Most of you have picked places on this planet, and I don't know where all the listeners are from, where you have an opportunity to step forward and to express You know, we don't have the, I think maybe in some places on the planet, it's very, very difficult. But though, most likely, those individuals would not be listening to the show in, in those kind of places. So most likely, all of the listeners 
are in a place where they can step forward or they're going to open up the door to enable them to get to one of those places. So, okay, I'm feeling the fear of pain is being released. Thank you, Higher Self, for bringing that one to my attention. And... With that, we're done. Wow. Um, Ernesto is doing just fine. He's moved up the hub a while ago, and he was just taking part in the situation that all of the, everybody on the rim was taking part in. So I want to thank everyone, and again, please send me an email, Janet at JanetRichmond.com. If you have any questions, comments, worries, concerns, requests for healing, ideas, anything you want me to address on air or not. And also, I really, if anyone knows of Joan Culpepper or has met her or knows of her or has any connection with her, I would love to hear I would really, really love to hear. Uh, Her daughter lives very close to me, maybe 10 minutes away. We are in touch, not always uh, a lot, but we manage to connect on a regular enough basis so that she knows what's going on. I keep her posted. And I'm just really, really would love to have anyone who knows of Joan to contact me in some way. And I'll share it on the air. And... Anyway, I really value this radio show and everybody that's involved so much. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of it. And with that, I guess it's time to say goodbye for this week. And so I really love you all so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.